Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest drivers, trends and movements in livestock, grain and fibre markets. My name's Olivia Agar and I have the team here joining me for today's episode, Robert Herman and Adrian Ladaniski, to chat about what we're watching in the markets at the moment, particularly some of the extreme pricing we're seeing for cattle and canola, as well as some promising signs out of the wool market. So let's get straight into it today, right after this thank you to today's podcast sponsor. Today's sponsor of Commodity Conversations is Cleaver's Organic Meats. All Cleaver's products are sourced from Australian family-owned farms, where animals are raised in free-range environments, are grass-fed from start to finish, and meet the strict animal welfare requirements of the Australian Certified Organic Standard. They offer a wide range of delicious lamb, beef and chicken products. Jump on their website to learn more at www.cleaversorganics.com.au. Good to have you both on here today. And Rob, welcome back, I guess, from your travels throughout back Queensland and New South Wales. You made it back just in time for another Victorian lockdown. So you timed that one pretty well. Um, yeah, thanks, Liv. Um, we did have, we had a great trip. And uh, just talking about the lockdowns, it's almost deja vu, isn't it? I mean, here you are. You're sitting in Queensland and uh, we're in Ballarat. Dave's in Ballarat at home. Adrian's at home. I'm at home. i got to tell you, we wish we were in Queensland again. But um, just to talk just for a minute, Liv, about what we saw in Queensland. And the last time I was up in that country was um, was at the end of the drought. So it was, it was, it was terrible, you know. And, and the contrast now is just amazing. Um, and we've got to, you've just got to be careful, though. You've got to, we've got to qualify that by saying there are some pockets that just haven't been lucky and had rain, but those that have are just in extraordinary conditions. And I think we often say in a drought, you know, gee, this is going to take a long time to recover. I think what we're seeing is the real amazing effect of that recovery happening so quickly. And the other thing, and we'll talk about this perhaps a bit more next week about what in, in more detail about what's going on out there, but it's great to see at a time when we know commodity prices are good, it's great to see that the livestock that are out there are in terrific condition. And so whether you're looking at um, goats, cattle, sheep, um, merinos, or, um, or even sheep without any wool up there, um, they're all in terrific condition. And, and the other thing that's in terrific condition up there is the kangaroos. And we'll, um, you know, they are just, they're just bounding along in, um, and breeding in these conditions. But um, to have, have really good conditions for these farmers at a time when commodity prices are good is just terrific. And I'll give you one example. We saw um, Gordon Begg, who we talked to on the commodity podcast the other day. Um, he sold um, wiener steer calves that were, um, uh, born in August of last year, they were a curfew weight of 280 kilograms and they were $1,500. Now, for somebody at the other side of Longreach to see cattle make those weights in that time and then to get those prices is just fantastic and it will really make a big difference to the resilience of these farmers. 
Yeah, and absolutely needed on the back of that drought as well, that they've got the turnaround and, and the cash flow coming in at this time. And Rob, I think even since you've been back, Southeast Queensland got another real dose of rain, which gave us some more records in the cattle market this week. And I think that's probably a good a segue as any to bring Adrian in now. I know you've been looking at this closely, Adrian. So is it all just rain and grass that's driving these markets at the moment? Pretty much, Liv. I mean, as Rob was saying, the um, conditions up in Queensland have been fantastic. There's been a lot of rain happening there. And essentially, the, the story that we've got is that we've hit yet another record in the Eki, uh, and that's always welcome. But the, the real story, though, is really happening, actually, in, in, in the north. So up in Roma, we're seeing prices over uh, 1,000 cents a kilo um, for, for young steers. Um, and the Eki's not far behind, um, it reaching 988 uh, on Wednesday um, this week. And now I, I know we don't really have a crystal ball, Adrian, but the question that's on everyone's mind at the moment is whether the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator has got legs to crack through that thousand cent mark, like you know some of the cattle that are on offer in, in Roma. What do you think about that? Is it, has it got the guts for it? Liv, I actually suspect that might be the case, that it will. Given that cattle are already selling at that 1,000-cent mark, um, I think it's only a matter of time until, until um, things catch up. So, Yeah, quite an incredible market at the moment for, for cattle. And there's a few commodities out there that are just seeing exceptional records at the moment. And the other really interesting one is canola. And I know you've been having a look at that market as well and that Canada is a big influence on that at the moment. So what's been going on over there that's um, driving these prices? Well, essentially, it's pretty much the absolute opposite of what Australia's been enjoying. Um, it's been terrible conditions. It's been hot, hot, hot and dry, dry, dry uh, up in the Canadian prairies. I guess there's been a bit of talk um, about, I guess, the terrible conditions that uh, have been occurring in uh, North Dakota in terms of the spring week there were probably the worst um, condition crop that has been seen in years. And only about 500 k's um, northern, north from that uh, is the um, Canadian prairies in Saskatchewan, uh, Manitoba, and Alberta. Prices cracked over $1,000 Australian uh, on the ice canola futures um, this week. Um, now, it's an incredible uplift, and all that has essentially been on concerns about, concerns about the condition of the crop um, going forward there. Um, typically, there was the expectation that the Canadian crop would look like around about 20 million tonnes, um, but the market, when it's been surveyed, is, is already expecting a cut of about close to 10%, down to about 18 million. So and that's, a huge, that's a huge cut in production. I've seen some photos of some canola crops in that sort of area of Northern America, and uh, they look pretty cool. Absolutely. And one of the things we always need to do, though, is bring bring that information back to what it means for the Australian market and Australian growers. So maybe, Rob, you could comment a bit on that, on, on what, what this means, these extraordinary prices over in Canada for canola. Yeah, that's a really good uh, issue to raise, Liv, and it, and it just shows you how much we are, our commodity prices here are driven by things that happen out of our control. So in Australia, and um, we've, we're driving around, came down through New South Wales last week and went over to Western uh, Victoria this week to the South Australian border, the canola crops are really looking good. I mean, you know, this 
people would say, oh, they could be a little bit better, but behind large, they are looking terrific in Australia. And we're now coming into a price range where we just couldn't have, uh, we, we didn't expect and we didn't dream of. And it's all on the back of this tightness overseas. So um, we're, going to, um, we're going to see Australian grain producers, um, not only for their coarse grains, but for their oil seeds, have another very good year. And especially if the season continues long, just even in normal conditions, you know, it's, it's quite wet in, uh, in a lot of the cropping areas now. And you mentioned that, that there's rain coming down through Queensland. And even in some areas, there's a bit of water lying on the paddocks and there's water in the table drains. And if you go through those cropping areas that were in drought and you then see water in the table drains, you just know that it's the exact opposite of what we saw in the past. So it's not only going to be terrific in terms of the price, but it's in terms of the yield in dollars per paddock that is going to be another boost for Australian grain growers. And, um, and this is just a wonderful situation to be going into. Yeah, we're certainly looking very optimistic about the season ahead at this point. I mean, we've got a fair way to go yet, but yeah, certainly some good signs for both production and price at this stage. You sound like a grain grower then, Liv, when you say <laughs> things are good, but it's still not in the bag. And, and that's well, true. We know we know things can go wrong, but, um, you know, you look forward with things being average. And if things are average from now on, we're going to have a great crop. In fact, I saw this week that the forecast for Western Australia is that based on the current conditions and the forecast outlook, they may produce a 20 million tonne crop. Now, it's just extraordinary. That, that one state, admittedly it's a big state, but one state's going to produce 20 million tonnes. And so that's going to be, a, you know, at, and at the prices we're looking at, it's going to be a lot of revenue flow back into regional Australia. So um, good times. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw the bomb releasing this week that they've even seen on a few models that there's a chance of La Nina coming back during spring. So that'll mm. just add to that optimism. Yeah. But yeah. the, the other one we've been looking at, Rob, and your favourite topic is the wool market. And we've just hit our final sale before the three-week recess. So did it end on a positive note? Um, well, yes, it did. And um, we've got to remember that the last two weeks, which are the two weeks after the 30th of June, were two of the biggest offerings we've had for the year. So we had a lot of wool offered and, and the market really stayed quite solid. There are movements in it. The fine wool came off a little bit. Um, but it's probably worth looking at where we are now compared to this time last year. And if you remember this time last year, our major customer, which is China, was in the depths of dealing with COVID-19. And there was a lot of uncertainty. I, I remember speaking to, um, well, you remember we spoke to some uh, wool processors, Mark Symes, et cetera, and, uh, and they said, look, we can't even find somebody to pick up the phone over in China. You know, things are just, it's just really uncertain. So if we fast forward to where we are now, um, 12 months later, we've had a really good result. Um, so the Eastern market indicator year on year is up 26%. And, uh, and that's just a terrific result. But when we dig into it a bit, there's, it's the individual movements in the market that really stand out. And I'll start, at the, I'll start with the bad news first. And that's the crossbred end. And if we look at the 30 micron indicator, it actually lost 47 cents over the 12 months and it performed by 10% over the year. And we're just seeing that the demand for crossbred wool is just not there. And, you know, it's, it's really unloved at the moment. But if we move, if we put that to one side, and uh, apologies to our prime land producers, but uh, most people are putting that crossbred wool to one side at the moment. 
Um, if you look at the 21 micron indicator, it, it had a 6% improvement on the year. Now, the reason that wasn't as big of an improvement as the general market is because the clip just got broader. So we had more of the wool in that category and, and that sort of diluted to some degree the improvement in that price. But if we then move up to the 19 micron indicator, it rose by almost 500 cents or 39% across the year. So remembering that the Eastern market indicator was up 26%, but the 19 category was up 39%. And so that, again, was reflected by a little bit less supply of that wool. And when that really came into focus was when you look at the super fine end, and so 17 micron is a good indicator to look at there, it was up 922 cents or 58% year on year. And again, what we're seeing is that the supply was, was just, it was flooded with fine wool because of the drought. And we know that a drought just causes more fine wool by the sheep having less nutrition and less protein to produce the wool. Um, but once the drought broke, the supply tightened and that was reflected in the market. And um, so final, uh, final producers, and um, a lot of people call them long-suffering final producers, but they do love their product, um, are really in a sweet spot right now. If you're producing wool finum and 19 micron, these are very, very good times. And is it often that these fine wool premiums over the broader wools stay so strong for so long or is this really exceptional circumstances that we're seeing at the moment? Well, I think it's exceptional circumstances at the moment. So that tells us to be cautious about being too predictive about what's going to happen because of the, the drought. And, and we've also got this emerging demand for wool at a time we've got quite low sheep numbers. So, you know, it's the old story, but this time it's different. But that said, with the fine wool, there's no doubt that the um, if you look back over history, those spikes of fine wool are quite short and sharp. So fine wool producers need to make hay while the sun shines and, and sell as much fine wool as they can when these prices are about. My feeling is that they may hang on longer than in the past this time, and it's because it's, we're unlikely to be going back into any big supplies of fine wool in the short term. Remembering, even if we had failed spring rains this year, it would be the spring of next year before the um, the increase in fine wool came as a result of a poor season. So, you know, it sort of pushes out the supply a bit. I think also, Liv, we're seeing renewed demand from some of the traditional processes, Italy, um, Germany, countries in the Czech Republic area, and they're countries that really value the high-quality fibres, the fine wool, and, and maybe that's we're seeing a little bit of a shift in, in demand there, which will be good. And, th and that'll carry through to nearly all the... Um, all the clip, but at the moment, the fine wool guys are, are just um, shaking their heads in disbelief. We called up one client the other day, his wool was coming up for sale, um, and his bales were valued at $4,500 a bale. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just a fantastic result. And um, look, everybody hopes these things go on forever, but I think your point, Liv, is that they don't go on forever, um, and the more extreme they get, the risk is the more extreme the recovery is. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I know we've seen some optimistic signs, like you said, about the, the other exporters getting on board and you know, indicators like US retail sales really picking up over the last few months are, are really good signs of you know economies recovering and, and hopefully that demand staying strong. And, and what was one of the really... Uh, it's a really good litmus test for what the economies are doing. It just responds so much to economic growth. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those products you don't have to have 
that when people have got money, um, it's a product that people choose to buy. So, you know, that's a great thing to be, a great product to be in when things are good. It's a problem when things aren't so good. So I've seen that not so long ago, Rob. <laughs> that's right. We've seen, we've seen the good highs and the lows. And I've seen a couple more than you, Liv, by the way. <laughs> Just a few. Anyway, well, I think that's a pretty good place to leave off for the week. Thanks, guys, for joining me again for another episode of Commodity Conversations. And to all our listeners out there, take care. And we'll be back for another episode next week. Thank you, Liv.